0: Previously, on The Tony Kornheiser Show.
1: Somebody comes over, a woman comes over, wants to talk about PTI. We begin to talk for a little while, and then she, you know, kneels down right, right by the table and continues to talk. And continues to talk. And Carol says something like, you know, we're having dinner here. I'd, I'd say to the woman, hold on one second. I'd say, Carol, how do you think we got the table? <laughs> <laughs> how do you think we got the table? I mean, that's what happens. That's what television gives you. It gives you the good table. I'm going to miss that like crazy. <laughs> the Tony Kornheiser Show is on now. To that point, a haiku from Shad. You may not be a hot take artist, but you get the best damn table. I often did. That was really good. Let me bring up a, a serious note first, and Michael can chime in on this. Um, our friend Mike Crowley has written a beautiful piece. That is running in Esquire right now about his brother, his late brother, his older brother who died, and how he took his brother's ashes and spread them uh, on the number two course at Pinehurst with the permission of everybody at Pinehurst. And I I just, look, I'm going to be straight up on this. I was crying at the end of this piece. Uh, That's how well it's done. And I wrote him a note and I said, I'm so sorry. You had to write this piece, and so grateful that you did. I'm sure, Michael, you must have felt the same way. Yeah, that's the only
2: was. response, and I'm,
1: he ended up having
2: the most perfect day. We, we saw pictures of the sunrise, the sunset, so I'm just happy he was able to go through that process.
1: So I recommend this to you, Mike Crowley and Esquire. And now let me get to something a little bit less important, but a little more weighty in my life. There's another trailer on my street. How about that for a transition, Mike? There's another well, Mike will understand. He knows how we we'll do this show. There's another trailer on my street. It's a little less large. Shorter. Yeah. But squatter. It's probably about instead of forty to forty five feet, it's probably about thirty-two to thirty-five feet. But husky. It's squatter.
3: Yeah.
2: yeah.
1: It's a Dump.
3: It's
2: good the old.
1: back end of it is smashed in. <laughs> yeah. it, was, was that you? You know, no. <laughs> <Is> BMW. Okay. <laughs> no. I, so, I, uh, let me just review this. I called Matt Landrew, was the aide to the uh, Ward Four Council Member Janice Lewis George. I don't. I don't know her, but I have met. I haven't met Matt. I've talked to him a couple of times on the phone. Last time I talked to him was to congratulate him on getting rid of the other trailer, which was so awful. Premature. Which is now being hidden throughout the district in another ward, apparently. Move it, it on up. Yeah, so I, a couple now. of people, Rob Stronick sent me a picture of it yeah. when it was on 45th and Ellicott Street. And I thought we were done. We're not done. We have this squat, hideous trailer parked in the exact same spot. So I called Matt and I said, "What? what is going on here? Is this going to become the graveyard for old trailers? And not only that. I believe it's
2: long-term parking at the airport here.
1: Yeah. This is a residential street. And this thing, like the other one, has no method of leaving on its own. It had to have been towed here in the middle of the night. Yep. Because I didn't see it in the evening when I walked the dog. And I saw it in the morning when I walked the dog. Towed here in the middle of the night and dropped off. This one has Virginia plates. It doesn't have Pennsylvania plates, but doesn't have district plates. Nope. And Getting I, closer. I may have told you that I had an encounter with a kid who was working on the last trailer. Gap year. And he said to me, oh, this is my gap year, <laughs> and I'm going to take this trailer all around the country. are going
2: across country.
1: Yeah. yeah, really? Well, you took it eight blocks away and dumped it, and then I think you brought this one back. Well, he lives just over there. And I think, yeah. I think what is going on here is a con. This kid and maybe his friends are working on trailers, you know, refurbishing, whatever they're doing. Whatever they're doing, I don't want it done here. <laughs> Nobody wants it done here. We have another giant trailer parked in the exact same spot. What did you think when you saw it? Well I thought that doesn't look good <laughs> because it looks hideous. Yeah, it's
3: hideous. There is a it looks to be if it was a boat you'd be like, well we can't put this in the water because there's a hole in the back end of this thing. Yeah, I mean it just looks terrible and you does like, not look there's street a legal. a hole in the no. bucket. Dear Lisa, dear Lisa. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, "Wait a minute, it's like a cockroach. You stamped on one, you are like, what? okay, we've got rid of it, and now there's another one right so there." So the
2: the con is in the storage and or the delivery, yeah. not yeah. in the honest work up front of acquiring the trailer right, 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 and or right. refurbishing but it.
1: But nobody nobody is taking this trailer on a gap year across the country you know, or we wouldn't have to. You know my honest reaction? I've never
2: been happier to miss a phone call from you <laughs> at roughly 8.35 in the morning when you were just two blocks from my house because the joy <laughs> combined with anger in your voice as you said, there's another one. It's like a DJ Khaled song. Another one. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, tremendous. Yeah, It's worse than... Not better at all. And I think this could be the ecosystem of the show. I think people now are going to go out of their way to bring these
3: trailers to your house just to get on this show. (laughs) Just for content.
2: It's
1: really
3: awful. So do you think that you think that the, the scam is that these guys just don't want to pay for a garage? So like we'll just park it in, in neighborhoods yes, we'll and park we'll, it wherever it's convenient right, for us. Right, and we'll just work on it. We when won't work we want. on it on our street,
2: of course, because we don't want right.
1: our neighbors to look at us and say, "What are you doing? Get that out!" <laughs> so we're here. saving
3: money in the middle before we maybe turn it around.
1: Yes. So we'll, <laughs> or go in yeah.
2: our
3: gap year. Yeah, or go in the gap year. Yeah. Well, I know your neighbor's not happy because we think with your neighbor, he called like, the police. <laughs> I called Ward Four. That, yeah. d- that skipped a few steps. Yeah. I mean, nobody but it is. It is just, and you can't miss it when you turn onto the street. Of course, like, you can't miss it. It's 35 <laughs> feet long. <laughs> like, there it is. And
1: it's just sitting there. That's just awful. Yeah, it, it really is. is. It stinks. Yes. Let me tell one other small story here. Uh, when you are a homeowner, at some point or other, you get unwanted varmints in or near your home. This happens all the time. We have had in our house, um, you know, birds stuck in the chimney and you know, stuff like that. The squirrels, animals that flying you don't squirrels. want. Flying yeah, squirrels. flying squirrels, yeah. stuff that you don't want. In this house, we call Adcox trapping. Okay, they're not cheap. No, they're, they're not. They're the best, though. but they're real good. Yes. So Marty the other day, in his bathroom <laughs> for the second day in a row, as I was walking by the little house during daylight hours. I saw a fox on the stoop. On the stoop? On the stoop, just sitting there as... a cigarette? Well, you know, as if this was Baltimore, (laughs) and it was just out, where all the houses have stoops. And I said, this can't be good, because the fox was, like, shaggy. It wasn't a a good-looking fox. It wasn't a full, you know, coated fox. It was light color, not beautifully done. And, and I thought it would be rabbit, because I always think foxes in the middle of the day are rabbit. I don't want my dog attacking the fox and getting bitten by the fox, and I don't want to get bitten by the fox. So I call Adcox, and they send somebody out the next day. And what he's going to do is he's going to put a few traps down and see if he can lure the fox into the traps with the scent of food. And then the traps close on the fox. Then you pick up the fox, and you take it to wherever you're supposed to take the foxes. Now, I'm going to leave something out here that I may say in the next broadcast about where you're supposed to take the foxes, but I'm going to leave it out on this one. Just it's a tease for you people next time. (laughs) Anyway, so he lays down, I think, three or four traps, and he comes back, he's going to come back every day for five days. You know, that's what they do, they're really good at at this job. This is a job I can't do. I can't just walk around the little house with a bat trying to (laughs) smash the fox. Not going to work. And I don't want want the dog near the fox. It's very simple. You can't try to outfox the fox. The dangerous situation. So yesterday he leaves me a note. The guy from Adcox leaves me a note. And this is what it says. We trapped two raccoons. They got two raccoons. So I got that going for me. But no fox yet. (laughs) I'll be back tomorrow with more traps. Two raccoons laying in wait. <laughs> probably living in the little house. Could be. Two raccoons. Now, I guess you you take wherever you take raccoons, take the raccoons. Because we don't want we're not fans of raccoons either. From my first encounter ever with a raccoon when it sat on the top of my garbage can and stared at me as if to say, You want a piece of me? And I said, No, I don't. I honestly don't. I don't want a piece of the raccoon. So that's an ongoing circumstance as we try and get rid of this fox. When would something go from an Adcox problem to a city problem? If there was an infestation, would they have to come in? I have no idea. I mean, I think if you called Adcox, they would tell you this is bigger than us, and you have a right to get the city involved. But what the guy told me was, look, there's a lot of foxes around here. This is what happens yeah, this but, is where you live. There's a lot of foxes. And the yard of the little house is very inviting. And what, what he said was, sometimes you'll see the foxes out during daylight because when they get mangy and they lose their hair, they want to sit in the sun to regrow their hair, which oh. I guess is instinctive on the part sure. of the fox. But have, I'm, you, have you tried that? Yeah, you know, <laughs> I've, I've tried it, and all I get is my head gets burned. It doesn't work for me. It doesn't work. So should I talk about my MRI as well? Oh, no, you know what I'll just mention? I, again, I haven't seen this, the PTI special. I haven't seen it. Uh, people say it's really good. Well, I've had a lot of nice notes about it. Michael, you saw it. Yeah. Nigel, you didn't see it, did you? No, you uh, it's the television show that you're working on? Yes. I'm no, not... no, no. It's No, it's the television show I have worked <laughs> on. It was a it was a special about that television show. I after have not watched it years. yet, but I can't wait I. to. I can't wait to. Really? Because you could watch it now. Well, get off this show and go watch it, I <laughs> think. I just go to the other room and yeah, watch it? I yeah, guess. Mom's recorded yeah. it. Yeah, I guess. You won't
3: do it. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not, not doing it. Well, you don't want to see it because you,
1: you think it's going to make you cry, right? Yeah, no. No, I think it's going to make me angry. <laughs> not, it's definitely not going to make me cry. Yeah, get the legal pad out to take notes. It's <laughs> not going to make me cry. I did make two calls yesterday, though, to thank people. Two people that I was told were particularly good on the show. And I talked to one, David Aldridge, talked for about 30 minutes, thanked him. And I left a note from Michelle Tafoya. And I was told these two were particularly good on the show. And I said, look, I haven't seen it. I think I will down the road, but I haven't haven't seen it yet. You Yeah, add Jackie McMullen to that list. Jackie McMullen was great too. Yep. Yeah. So I mean I don't even know who's on it. Um Wilbon said it was terrific. Oh. I'm sure it is. Yeah. I, I, we got we had got a lot of email on
3: it. People were very thrilled about it. You know, it's listen, twenty years doing anything, you know, is fantastic. But to do a show Bob like Bob Seger that... said twenty years, where's it gone?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah, 20 years is a long time, except there's a certain inertia that happens after about 10 or 11 years, and they don't even know it's on anymore. <laughs> they, just, they just let it go. It's on every day, really. I didn't know anymore. That's still—I think executives actually say, that's still on? <laughs> right? I think so. Because nothing, nothing—other than 60 minutes, Yeah, nothing lasts that long. Yeah, the young and the restless. But the young and the restless has a different cast. Yes. We're the same people. You know, it's like Elton John. I'm still standing, <laughs> like it's still me. Although with my bad back, it might be just I'm still sitting. But it's still us. Yes. It's still me and Wilbon. Yes. They haven't brought in, you know, kids who become grandparents <laughs> during the course of the show. Anyway, let's just let's just get out of here. We will come back with who we got, Jason, Jason, Lock Jason for When yes. we return, I'm Tony Kornheiser.
0: You're listening to
1: The Tony Kornheiser Show.
4: The Tony Kornheiser Show.
1: This is the plants to porch read. We like these people. I am staring now over Michael's left shoulder at the faux flowers that we have in the living room, the white ones that look like orchids that I like a lot. Remember when it was the middle of the summer and you lost the battle with your house plants waving the white flag as they perished in the heat? excuse me, or perhaps you have a barren corner of living room or office that desperately needs some vibrancy. Maybe you have a podcast and you're on the verge of going back to your recording studio full-time and you could use some furnishing. You need to go to plantstoporch.com Plants the Porch is a family-owned business with 35 years in the faux florals and silk tree industry, removing the middleman and going straight to the consumer. They sent stuff directly to Michael, straight to a consumer. He kept the big one. Well, I mean <laughs> well we skipped the
2: middleman, and the middleman in this happens. instance is
1: you. Yeah, it's you. Check a out be- The
2: Traveler's, Bob, which looks great without any sunlight necessary in my
1: corner. <laughs> beautiful way to give your home a fresh breath of life. Go to plants2porch com. Enter the code TONYK at the checkout to get 20% off your first order. That is plants com. Use the promo code TONYK at checkout to get 20% off Use the code, people You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show This is a song called October It's written and it's played by Brett Whiskins, who asks, I wondered if you want to play my song October on Friday's show to welcome in the first day of the month. It's attached, available on all digital streaming platforms, and will be part of my new album, Late Bloomer, dropping sometime this winter. Brandon Costello is not the only musician (laughs) whose music features live crickets. (laughs) I guess there's live crickets in this. Yeah. This is October by Brett Whiskins. You can hear it all without me babbling at the end of the show. And he plays in Jason Locke and of CBS Sports. Um, let me just start this uh, with, I know I'm going to have to talk, Jason, about Tom Brady going to New England, but before sure. that, the game last week, when the Rams, they were at home, mm-hmm. they, I, they did not dominate Tampa Bay, but they beat Tampa Bay solidly. Yeah. Yeah. They took a lead, they were tied, led, they retook the lead. Yeah. How meaningful was that, in your opinion?
5: Like for that Rams operation from Matt Stafford who hasn't played in a, a game and I know it's only September but a game of that magnitude in a while uh, I'm sure it's a little bit of affirmation you know probably reinforces some things they already kind of knew about the kind of, of ball club they could be uh, I suspect they see that Bucks team again maybe it's in LA maybe it's in Tampa Um And and then we'll see. You know, the season has so many ebbs and flows. And the one concern I have about the Rams, and I I picked them to go to the championship game, is just some of the the depth. You know, if they get hit, and you can say this for any team. I mean, let's be real. It's football. But I, I just worry a little bit about offensive line, defensive line, and an injury or two. You know, maybe curtailing just how, high their ceiling could be, but it's a really good football team. It's really good coaching staff. Um, Raheem Morris has kind of picked up where Brandon Staley left off with the defense. Uh, there's no shortage of blue chip players. Uh, they believe in that coach and that, that stadium, you know, is providing them some creature comfort and some support and, you know, some, some semblance of a home field advantage. Which which, you know, I I I know there were a lot of people at the Coliseum for some of those games, but that was kinda of like a freak show a little bit, you know, it was only temporary. So yeah, I, I think it's a really good operation. Um but like if they play you know what I mean, if they played again in four months somewhere else, could be a completely different ball game.
1: They're at home this week again against the Cardinals. That's two three and O teams. That's a division matchup in the best division in football, I believe. What do you expect this this Sunday in that game?
5: Well, I, I, I still have questions about the Cardinals specifically, the Cardinals. The consistency of the offense, not not the ability to hit some some amazing high notes that not many teams can hit, and you know, Kyler Murray provides that. But consistency on offense and then the ability on defense to hold up against a quality opponent for four quarters. Um, that, that's where my, my questions are with them. We've seen them get off to some hot starts before, um, and then fade. You know, they've kind of been like the NFC's yeah. version of the Raiders a little bit. Now, I, I'm buying the Raiders, and, and I'm, I'm probably buying the Cardinals more now than I was in July. But I, I, that you said it, Tone, that's a tough division. Yeah. they are going to play a tough schedule and I, you know, I'm not sold on this whole Cliff Kingsbury Vance Joe. I'm not sold on the coaching staff and their ability to adjust um as the season goes along. And and I I do have some concerns about them defensively. Uh
1: right, let me let me shift it to the East and Fox Pro. Brady coming back and all of the Storm and Drong about Brady and Belichick, mm-hmm. which each one denies, and <laughs> each one says it's great, and they go to parties yeah. together, and this, mm-hmm. that, and the other thing. What what do you expect in Fox? Brady is a different kind of fellow. I yeah. mean, his emotional system is not normal. It's you know, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying right. it's not it works normal. Yeah. Yeah. What do you, what do you expect in Foxborough? And what is your sense? of I guess everybody's going to want to see do they greet each other in the middle of the field after or before the game right everybody wants to see I would
5: think there's at least a cursory handshake afterwards I mean it, now you know it might be really quick I mean the one thing about these two is neither one's the most gracious loser in the world right I yeah. mean we yeah. even when they were together we we saw that numerous times not that they lost um nearly as much as anybody else in the league was losing but they had their moments to sort of be the bigger guy in defeat, and that's not really who they've been. Um, I don't really like this New England operation. Um, the defense is not what I thought it would be, and they haven't exactly played murderer's row. The idea of Foxborough as this fortress, I think, is pretty much out the window now. And they're so limited on offense. It's It's... You know this idea that Mac Jones just is this this amazing football brain, and oh my god, he processes information so it's it's uncanny, and oh, the decision making is is you know uh, so advanced. Well, there's a lot to like about this kid, but he's not winning football games for them. He's, That's right. he's barely managing football games for them. Uh, and the rest of those pieces that they went out and spent all that money on, you know, because Belichick was very upfront, like, well, now that Brady's gone, I, got, I can really do some stuff. Well, last I checked, uh, the two tight ends, you know, uh, Hunter Henry and John O. Smith, and their big wide receiver acquisition, Nelson Aguilar, I think they had combined through three games for 45 catches, 290 yards, and one touchdown.
1: Not much so in three nine games. that's nine-man
5: games, right? So they're not getting yeah. the ball. They're that's not right. running the ball like they did last year. I think they overrated the offensive line. You know, Bill Belichick, the GM, I think has to – the Bill Belichick, the coach, has to keep asking questions of Bill Belichick, the GM. Like, Trent Brown, is that really going to pay off? Um, so I think it's just a tale of two teams right now. I, he, we we know what the what the bucks can be and who they who they are now are they playing their best ball so far this season not yet and i do worry about their secondary and some deficiencies i just don't think this new england team is built to exploit them and i have a hard time you know tom brady losing back-to-back games and back-to-back big spots and national windows with all that's going on here with the team he has around him um I think I think this is his day, or night.
1: Okay, okay. Uh, let me pick up on something that happened last night. Jacksonville is now 0-4. Yeah. Um, do you see anything? They've been beaten short. They've been beaten long. Yeah. They get beat. They get beat. Mm-hmm. Now they stink. They've lost 19 in a row, and I can't pin it all on Urban Meyer no. in the first month of coaching. But do you see anything that persuades you that Urban Meyer is going to stay for the long term in no. Jacksonville?
5: Um, no. Uh, I don't. He's he's his just, watch, just watching him during these games on the sidelines in the press conferences. Um, no, and people on that staff aren't sold. I think everybody's kind of looking at this as a little bit of like a, a Frankenstein laboratory experiment, and like we'll – Will this, you know, last or is this really fleeting? Uh because in his mind it's not where it needs to be and he's not how quickly you know, not sure how quickly he can get it there. I mean the quarterback is going to be really good, but he's not going this is not going to be Justin Herbert last year. This is not going to be, you know, R G three in twenty twelve or whatever yeah, it was, or Andrew yeah. Luck or even Kyler Murray, like For a lot of reasons, it's not going to be that. Um, The rest of the roster still needs a lot of work. I don't think he particularly enjoys free agency. Um, I think he wants to be able to go into people's houses and recruit them, and that's not... These guys are, you know, no, no, you've got to pay them money. And actually, you've got to pay them more money than other teams because they're not real keen on Jacksonville. And they're not sure you're sticking around. And they're not sure that you're going to put them in the best positions to win. So you've actually got to pay a premium. They're not going to be throwing themselves at you. They're going to be saying, how much more are you willing to pay me than the Green Bay Packers because they win. Um, I just don't think it's going to prove to be his bag, Tone. And I don't know you know when that that moment in time is where he decides that this is you know what i i got a cup bait like this is not for me um but i think if the quarterback again was coming out and and the cast around him was a little better and he he's you know he's taken the world by storm then that would be one thing i mean they run the ball well i mean there's no doubt about that they can run the ball well i don't i don't like that offensive line and pass protection though um you know, he's acquired skill players and you know, three weeks into the season they're immediately starting. That's not that's not a great sign. Um, and now the injuries are starting to, to mount a little bit in some spots. So uh certainly they look like a better operation last night than they did the first couple of weeks, but there's still a long way to go. Um and and there's a lot more losses to come.
1: And he's a bad loser. He's yes. a bad loser. He cuts yes. and runs often. It's his entire career. All right, let me move to something else. Our, uh, my colleague and your former colleague, Will Bond, is screaming oh, yeah. that Mac Nagy has to be fired yesterday, last week, last month, last year. Screaming every single day. Chicago Bears going to do that?
5: Oh, at some point. Um, I mean, look, it, it's somewhat amazing that this regime has lasted as long as it has given the, the evolution of football in the last 10 years and how quarterback-driven it is not more now than ever just because of how much the ball is in the air. And they have completely mismanaged that position. Uh, and, dude, look, dude, in the eyes of many people, not just Will Bond, who obviously has got some fandom in that opinion, but yep. it, even yep. in the eyes of people around the league who watch that and just say, like what 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 could you how could you possibly have thought that just throwing an Andy Dalton game plan at this kid you know what i mean in his first start and literally not catering anything to him behind that line like how 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 you're an NFL head coach like how could you have thought that that was the best way to go about that game um is that grounds for termination given everything else that's happened i, I mean i'll put it to you this way like, had they fired him Monday morning or Sunday night, like, would it be a little bit surprising just because of the way that team has been run and sort of how they've done things there? It would be, but would it have shocked anybody? Like, would people have been like, that's that's crazy. How could they do that? No. And and those guys have known that they're probably on borrowed time Um for a while now, and that this was absolutely going to be a make or break season. And when you're getting the quarterback broken in his first start in that make or break season, that probably doesn't bode well for you. Now they've got all you know they got three there that they can go to. Like Foles is out there as well, so you know they'll, they'll probably try to stall this thing off as long as they can. I mean, they've been pretty public about it before actually turning that team mind, body, soul scheme everything over to fields. Um, but by the time they do that, is it, is it already likely too late that, that, that could be the case, but it's, you know, these owners now, especially with 17 games and they have played three, 14 games with an interim head coach, you know, that's not, that's not super pretty either. Uh, in most cases, not that it hasn't been done right. We've seen the Raiders do it. We saw it, The Dolphins did it with Philbin really early one year. Um, you know, Wizard Hunt, I think in Tennessee, got fired in like early October. I mean, it happens. Uh, and it might get there. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't I don't think we'll, you know, I, I mean, again, to Mike's point, had they done it, um, I don't think people in the league would have been, you know, raising their eye or saying, you know, Nagy got done dirty.
1: Yeah. All right. Plug your radio show for us, Jason. Tony, we will actually be at.
5: College Park today for Inside Access on 105.7 The Fan, taking everybody up to that huge Terps game against Iowa. So it'll be a football-heavy show. We'll have a lot of Terps guests. Uh, We'll obviously be talking a lot of NFL Week 4 previews, and as always, uh, the Baltimore Ravens and the status of Lamar Jackson's back and everything else. So yeah, two to six weekdays on 105.7 The Fan in Baltimore, or you can download us on the Odyssey app, or stream at 1057thefan.com.
1: Thank, Thank you, Jason. Guys. Have a great weekend. Talk to you soon. <sighs> Say hi to Copper, Copper for us. Hi. Yeah, he's ready. Yeah, <laughs> That's <you>. wonderful. <laughs> it's Jason and Copper. Maybe Lamar Jackson shouldn't have done a half somersault into the end zone the other day. Maybe there was something bad in that. We will take a break. We will come back with Carville and Ma. Yes. We think. No, they both confirmed. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. This is the WordTune ad. Michael, you are attuned to WordTune. Oh, nicely you
2: not? done. You must be using WordTune <laughs> to get that kind of.
1: <laughs> Every year, United States businesses waste over $400 billion. $400 billion because bad writing causes confusion, misses the mark, or just takes too long to get to the point. Better, faster writing means better business, which is why your team needs Tune for teams. Listeners to this show that want to improve their entire team's writing right now, WordTune Teams is 50% off, that's 50%. WordTune improves writing efficiency up to four times. Better, faster writing equals better business. When can your team use WordTune? WordTune improves performance on any project, everything from internal emails to press releases, sales outreach to customer services support, and so much more. You can use WordTune anywhere you're writing online including, and I'm unfamiliar with what I'm going to read now, Google Docs, Slack, Outlook Web, and WhatsApp. Hey, what's, what's up? up?
2: Th- this is your daughter-in-law's world. <laughs> that's am that's so familiar with, all the, the yeah, time. with these all professional these services. Her team t- needs WordTune. What does it do? So you can, uh, you can amplify, you can shorten your writing, it'll help you... Uh, work on tone structure, so you're getting underneath what you might think of that first level uh, definition. I'm currently using its, its AI box you can write into it and it'll transform uh, your prose, or for me, I'm actually I'm throwing in a little bit of verse, so I, I thought I might throw in Milton and see what it had to say for <laughs> the mind is its own place and in itself can make a heaven of hell a hell of heaven. Interesting to see uh, the, the, the recommended feedback uh, <laughs> it would be giving there. Essentially, your mind is a place where... No, it was actually really fun
1: to see. <laughs> right now, listen... Listeners to this show can get 50% off WordTune for teams at WordTune.com slash Tony. If you want to see the benefit of WordTune, you can try WordTune for free at WordTune.com slash Tony. But the 50% discount is only available for a limited time and only available for teams, I, I guess like the Nats. If they want to write better. I'd rather they pitch better, but if they want to write better. You might never see a discount like this again. Your team can start writing better right away for 50% off. That's half price at wordtune.com slash Tony. Use the code, people. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. This is a song called Chattanooga. The band performing it is Southridge. It was written by Eric Shaw about his hometown. He lives in Westfield, Indiana now, but it's his hometown, Chattanooga, with the band Southridge. He says, I can't tell you what a thrill it is to hear my music played on my favorite podcast. You played two of my other songs, and each time I've received complimentary messages from fellow Littles. Hope you all enjoy this one, and feel free to use it on the show. If any Littles in the central Indiana area are interested, our next show will be at Whiskey Business on Pendleton Pike in Indianapolis. That's next Friday, October 8th. Our schedule can be found on Southridge Live. I love this sound. Isn't it beautiful? I love this sound, Michael. If people like Chad and if people like Southridge want to send their original music, how
2: do they do? Something? Send us your music by emailing it to jingles at tonycornuzzershow This has a great late nineties, early two thousands country really feel. Really
1: good. Uh, James Carville joins us now. James was four and two last week. He's six and three overall. Most fascinating about what James said last week was the identification of his gambling guru. <laughs> what, give us his name again, because we missed it nine times. It's T-Boy? T-Boy Lachelet. And T-Boy Lachelet.
0: Yeah, T-Boy is short for petite, because T-Boy is very short. The so petite is little in French, so it's called T-Boy. And okay. he lives in the Chapel Eye. Come on. he come out.
1: Have you, I know, he has no doctors or dentists. Have you spoken to him this week by any chance and congratulated him on his help for you?
0: So I I talked to his son. His son is like 60 years old, but his son actually has a cell phone, so he gets the team and calls me.
1: People
0: does not talk to many people, you know. (laughs) So his his, his algorithm has got a lot of teams. So Michigan travels to Wisconsin. Wisconsin home team is minus two. Take Wisconsin, Cincinnati. Take Wisconsin, even though
1: Wisconsin, Wisconsin was beaten by Notre Dame. You taking Wisconsin?
0: I'm taking Wisconsin.
1: Michigan. Okay, you go ahead.
0: It. All right. right, Cincinnati goes to Notre Dame. Notre Dame is getting two at home against Cincinnati. Take Notre Dame. And then, then they're not asleep. This is not you know. Cincinnati is good, so they're not catching. They're not, this is
1: not. Yeah, a, Cincinnati's a top way way ten team. team. Yeah, top ten team. Yeah. Okay. Uh, take note today. Take note. Uh, D-
0: in, the, in the Heisman Trophy Bowl, Ole Miss goes to Tuscaloosa. Nick Saban's laying fourteen and a half later points.
1: Lay the four, fourteen did, and lay, a half against against um, Lane
0: Okay. Yes. Yeah. Take take Alabama, and then uh, a, a blue plate added special. T Boy likes uh, Minnesota. <laughs> Well, it goes to Purdue. Yeah, Minnesota is a two-point-five-point favorite at Purdue at West Lafayette, Indiana. Take Minnesota. All right.
1: T-Boy so has, has pro- figured this out. All right, let's do some pros because you T-boy, were good. You're yeah, four T-boy. and two. Go ahead. All
0: right. So, you, you remember Willie Nelson's song "On the Road Again"?
1: Yeah, sure, of course.
0: Yeah, well, this is what it is. So the Panthers go to Dallas. They're getting four. They're getting four and a half. Take the four-and-a-half. Ravens get one at Denver. Take the Ravens. Tampa Bay, minus seven in Foxborough. Take Tampa Bay. And then, whatever they call the football team in Washington, I guess that's the Washington football Washington team. Washington
1: football team. That's what they call it, the yeah. Washington football that's team.
0: That's what they call it. It ought to be, yeah. WTF? But that's all right. It's WFT, and they go to Atlanta to play the Falcons at minus one. Take the Washington football team.
1: This is a lot of picks. I know. This is T boy's algorithm. Eight picks. Eight. You never give us eight picks. Eight picks.
0: I know. I love you. All right. So, where you see them. You got to call them this T boy season.
1: Wait, Wait. Do you do you split the profits with T boy?
0: I he overcharges me for crawfish. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> okay, right. I'm just, I get it back. He, you know, if I go there and his son brings me a sack and
1: I overpay boy. All right. Well, you just but give T boy and, and his give T boy and his uh-huh. boy T boy's boy our best. I will right, we'll talk to you next uh-huh. week. Thank you, James. James Carter yeah, was six. Right. He's six and three overall. Yeah, he's doing well. T boy Latulue. <laughs> T-Boy, T-Boy's boy. t boys boy boy. tiny boy. And then T-Boy's boy is 60. (laughs) How old is T-Boy? Wow. That's just amazing. Uh, Okay.
3: I I believe Sean is getting Jeff on the line. Um, Before we get here, Jeff had texted me and said, a a good topic might be talking about rookie quarterbacks and whether betting against them is a good idea. Plus, I believe we have an email uh, about Jeff. We do. Yes, from his podcast.
1: All right, Sean, let us know when he's there. It'd be great to actually talk to T-Boy. <laughs> I
3: like wonder if T-Boy actually speaks English. I mean, I well, probably some version of it, Cajun.
1: Don't, uh, you, don't you think that everybody in, in the New Orleans, the greater New Orleans area, has knows somebody named T-Boy Latchelé? 100%. It's more of an idea than anything. They don't know anybody named James R. Smith, <laughs> but they know T-Boy Latchelé. Is Jeff with us? Yes, he is.
6: Yep, here I am. Wonderful.
1: All right, so... Jeff last week was three and two. He's ten and five overall. You're making money with Jeff, but we got this email from James Luavano in Long Beach, California. I'm just gonna read it to you. Hello, Nigel, or whoever's reading this. I noticed that Jeff Ma hadn't been on the pod yet this week to deliver his picks. I wanted to let you know of a story that Jeff told on his latest episode of Bet the Process, and maybe you have you might have. Tony asked him about it. Apparently, Jeff and Rufus took a very recent trip to Las Vegas. While there, Jeff turned $10,000 into $60,000 while being blackout drunk at the craps table. Lost a $5,000 chip, then found it, then proceeded to win with the points on the Dolphins at the Raiders and won the over as the game went to OT. And it is signed, Jeff Ma is a gambling god. Can you confirm any or all of this, Jeff?
6: Uh yes, I can confirm all of it. Uh, honestly, I can I can't necessarily confirm the blackout part cuz that's the nature of a blackout is you can't confirm anything that happened during that time. Uh right. now Rufus and I went uh to Vegas with some of our friends. Uh we called it the reawakening weekend for Rufus uh for some personal things that he was dealing with that we were trying to get him back out in the world and get him get him uh some some you know time with his friends um we on friday night after going to some dinners and some clubs uh were hanging out and after having drank some pretty expensive wine we're hanging out around 4am um gambling and playing craps because i'm not allowed to play blackjack anywhere in the world <laughs> in america um, <laughs> for the
1: world yeah the world That's the amazing. world
6: <laughs> I, I wish it were just america and uh yeah the then you know I I coined this expression called blacking in which is that moment in time when you realize what's going on and you have some level of consciousness and when I did I had um, about 60,000 in um, what we call chocolates which are $5,000 chips because they used to be brown but I had uh, you know $60,000 in chocolates in front of me and I had actually started with with less than less than $10,000 I think I had actually bought all of my marker back at that point so it was a It was a great moment to black in.
1: Did you at any point decide to buy the casino and put in a swimming pool so that you could practice water polo?
6: (laughs) I just wanted a place where I could model my Speedo. So, you know, any (laughs) any pool would have done. But, uh, you know, it was a fun weekend. And we actually tried to... We we have a joke about our, our podcast that there's seven listeners of the podcast. And so anytime we do something that offends people, we're like, oh, it's only seven people. No one's going to really care. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's interesting because a few of them actually showed up this weekend and, you know, randomly found us at different points during the weekend. We tried to almost create a scavenger hunt where we would, t- like, tell people where we were at different points, but people did manage to find us, which was which was pretty fun.
1: It's lovely. That's lovely. And you had a good week last week, three and two. Anytime you win is a good week. Give us your picks for this week.
6: Yeah, sure, absolutely. So I'm I'm gonna take the Giants uh plus the what? seven. What? Tony, you know the ugly picks are the ones that work sometimes and it's because there's just they just there just is a lot of a lot of anti uh giant sediment, right? Like what have you read this week? It's been about like the different weird things that Joe judges said about analytics and everything like that. And it seems like maybe he isn't the sharpest tool in the shed in terms of being a coach, but, um, I just have to, you know, I, I think the lines inflated. I mean, I think new Orleans is a team that is up and down. Um, certainly last week was one of their up weeks, but I, I'm going to take the points with the giants.
1: Okay. What else?
6: I'm going to take Carolina plus the, I think it's, you know, four and a half or something like that against Dallas. Four and a half. Um, da four and a half. Yeah. Dallas is, uh, they look great and they, yes. um, their defense yes. looked great for the first time in, I don't know how many years and, yes. um, the offense is, you know, we talked about it last week. It's, it's clear that Dak is, is elite. He's, uh, he's a great quarterback. Um, but again, when you have this moment where you look so good publicly on a Monday night, like they did, um, You know, against a team Carolina that's three and zero, but has somehow been under the radar and is now getting four and a half points against a Dallas team, which I'm going to have a hard time believing their defense is that good until I see it do that consistently. Um, But again, it's just a case of taking the points against a team that looked so publicly good last week.
1: Without Christian McCaffrey, you still take the four and a half.
6: Yeah, I mean, I think that the okay. Running back position generally is a bit overrated. Obviously, McCaffrey is is a rare breed. He's you know arguably the best running back in in the league. But again, like why do people all know Christian McCaffrey? Because they play fantasy football. Why do they you know they they have him because he's the you know the number one pick in fantasy. Blah blah blah. But the reality is, you know that makes him a bit overrated as it pertains to the actual performance of the team. So okay. I, I, I tend to bet away, bet against things like that versus betting for them. I'm going to take Cleveland else? minus the two. Um, Cleveland is a team that I think really is on the up and up. Um, I think Stefanski is um, – he definitely is a, is a coach that you know can, because of the choices he makes, because of the fact that he uses fourth downs, can actually have a difference, um, a real difference in terms of points. And so I I like Cleveland, even though they're a road favorite here against the Minnesota team. That has played much better than people realize.
1: Yes, Kirk Cousins has put them in positions to win at the end of games. Yes. so What what do you guys
6: do for a quarterback like Kirk Cousins?
1: Well, he wasn't, to be honest, when he was in Washington, he wasn't that good. Um, I think he's an overpaid quarterback. I'm just saying, the last two to three weeks, he's put his team in position to win, which is what they're paying him to do. So,
6: no, he's, right? he's been he's been yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's never been a matter of talent with him. It's just a matter of some of the, some of the decisions he can make from time to time. Um, what else you got? I'm going to take Miami minus the one and a half. Um, obviously, they were a team last week that I had that that was able to come through at the end and you know, really kind of come back from a difficult situation, you know, this whole Tua versus the percent thing, the line actually last week moved down, uh, actually moved up, sorry, me down. Sorry. <laughs> they were, they were the underdogs, meaning that the, the actual um, better slash odds makers thought the percent brought more value to Miami than Tua did. So, I mean, and Brissett obviously has a history of, of being kind of a game manager and checking the ball down. Um, but he played well last week and when they needed him to to get them points, and I like them minus the one-and-a-half here.
1: You think Indianapolis, a playoff team last year, I understand they switched quarterbacks. You think a playoff team is going to open at 0-4? Well,
6: I mean, it's not... That's, yeah. not what I, that's not how I bet, right? That's not like I, right. I listen no. to Chuck Todd and all of you guys talk about, like, oh, this team can't go 0-2, this team can't go 0-3. Well, the narratives are the reason that, you know, ultimately there's value in betting. It's because people bet on yeah. what they think the narratives are. The absolutes are that Indianapolis has not been very good this year. Um, that's right. And Miami has been better, and Miami's at home. And, you know, at home you should be giving usually close to two and a half, three points. And they're only giving one and a half, so okay. if they're better than Indianapolis, and they're at home. I think they should be giving more than three points. All right, what else? One more. And then finally, I'm going to take the Rams minus the four and a half um, against Arizona. Um, I, you know, Arizona's look great. Obviously, Kyler Murray's look great, and so has have the Rams and coming off what was probably a very emotional game against Tampa a game that, you know, they, they probably had circled, but I, I kind of just think that LA has Murray's um, number a little bit because of their front seven and even their front four, you know, that's the way to beat Murray is to not have to blitz him and to not have to play a ton of man to man, because that's what unlocks the running for him. And I think LA can actually very much be in situations where they can neutralize, um, Murray and and I think you know the Stafford difference we've all, we've all talked about it. Yeah. Obviously, it's, it is becoming a real thing. Um, and so you know, I like I I don't know if you know, but uh, McVeigh and Stafford went to Cabo last year together. I'm not sure if you've ever heard that story, but yeah,
1: I have um, not. I, like I didn't know Rams that.
6: Year. Yeah, I
1: like them too, but I like them for another reason as well. Because then Wilbon can eat it when the Arizona team loses. That would make me very happy. Because he said it at the beginning of the year when I said I think Stafford and the Rams will go to the Super Bowl. He said they can't beat Arizona, so I would like to see them beat Arizona. But that's perfect. Hey,
6: congratulations on this uh, PTI anniversary. Now that you mentioned Wilbon, it's, uh, what are we about fifteen Simmons years podcast. now?
1: We've been on so long. I think it's about 15 years, right, Jeff?
6: Something like <laughs> no, that. No, no, no. Come on, oh, Tony.
1: I lose track. Longer
6: than that. It was nice. I, know I you mean, said you know, that you guys. don't. Go ahead.
1: No, no, I'm, I'm good. Go ahead.
6: No, I, I, I think it's amazing to reflect on the, the history of what you guys did and how you guys shaped, you know, what has become like a, a format that everyone's tried to copy. So, just wanted to pay homage to that um, and, and Thank say you. Uh, congratulations.
1: Thank you. I do appreciate that. And you can hear Jeff and Rufus, if they're sober when they record, at uh, Bet the Process. Thank you, Jeff. Good luck, and we'll talk to you next week.
6: Okay. Okay, bye, Tony. Jeff
1: Ma, boys and girls. I like Jeff Ma very much. We'll take a break. We'll come back with email and jingle. I'm Tony Kornheiser.
0: This is The Tony Kornheiser
1: Show. You probably know that at the peak of his fame while heavyweight champion of the world, Muhammad Ali risked everything by speaking out against the Vietnam War. Over 50 years later, his stand has influenced a new generation of athlete activists. Some words are so powerful, they live on forever. From It Was Said, the 2021 Webby Awards Best Series winner, comes a new podcast. It Was Said Sports, narrated by Doc Rivers, written by Pulitzer Prize-winning historian John Meacham, and produced by the award-winning studio C13 Originals, takes you through six of the most impactful and timeless speeches in sports history including the words of Trailblazers Muhammad Ali, Hank Aaron, and Billie Jean King. Episodes bring together some of the biggest names in sports and culture to explore why these iconic speeches remain relevant and important today and why they should inspire for generations to come. Listen and follow It Was Said Sports, a documentary podcast presentation of Shining City Audio, a C-13 Originals, and John Meacham Studio, available now wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show.
7: Here comes Tony's mailbag, going to read some faxes and your notes. Here comes Tony's mailbag, going to read some for all your folks. Going to read some for all your folks.
1: That's Tom Mosser in Pittsburgh. And he writes, I'm an artist based in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I create quite a bit of sports-related work, so it's appropriate that I listen to the show. The only job that I ever had was putting my Penn State degree to good use while working for the Pittsburgh Pirates as their mascot. The Pirate Parrot for eight years back in the 90s when Barry Bonds had a small head. I used to enjoy making him flinch as I zoomed past him on my four-wheeler during the fifth-inning break of games (laughs) uh, at at Three Rivers Stadium. I rediscovered the podcast in the early March of 2020. It's become a mainstay in my studio during my working hours and walking my golden retriever, Lucas. I'm not a singer, as you're going to find out in this <laughs> jingle. I probably sung the operatic version of the Tony's Mailbag jingle a couple of hundred times, so I figured I'd send a recording to you. You'll wonder how you lived all your life without hearing this version i do indeed i
2: I love the choice to just ditch the backing track yeah not necessary when your voice is that strong
1: (laughs) (laughs) thank you for all the verbal creativity and laughter you've provided for me the show still stinks that's lovely thank you tom nigel bethesda bageland
3: yes bethesda bagels we love them you will as well just go go to bethesdabagels.com for the location in the dc area nearest you then pop on in and you will be thrilled my friend that's
2: about it I was just going to say a quick thank
3: you to my dad.
2: Uh, In the three years since I last set up your iPhone, you have somehow managed to change your Apple ID passcode. So thanks for for the gift that keeps on giving. I don't know how I did that. That's fun. I
1: have no idea how I did that. (laughs) Luckily,
2: it was in our text messages. Very (laughs) secure.
1: (laughs) That's it for us today. Before we get to the mailbag, let me just say, so you want to be a rock and roll star? Then listen now to what I say. Just get an electric guitar and take some time and learn how to play. And when your hair swung right and your pants too tight, it's going to be all right. (laughs) And it's time to go downtown where the agent man won't let you down. I could continue as Roger McGinn continued for the birds, but I'll let it drop today. Thanks to our guests, Jason Lock and Ford, James Carville, and Jeff Ma. Thanks to today's sponsors, Plants the Porch and Word Tune. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Odyssey. If you get the show through Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. From Brendan Borzelli in Lebanon, New Jersey, one of the originals. Yes. Watching the PTI special and remembering back to the early days of the show brought me back to the old radio show. For those of us that read the columns and listened to the radio show for years prior to PTI, it was like Robert De Niro and Ray Liotta's feelings in Goodfellas (laughs) when they found out one of their own, Joe Pesci, was getting made. You rose through the ranks and got made from this little pack of followers and minions. Of course, you didn't get whacked walking onto the set, so you got that going for you. From Jeff Piggott, our friend in Iowa. My blurb for the PTI special. I didn't watch it, but I heard it was great. (laughs) That's either that or Jesus wept from Steve in Wichita. So, Tony, did any of my emails make the PTI documentary? (laughs) Steve the sycophant. No jokes here, doctor of humane letters. The ESPN 20th anniversary tribute to PTI was fantastic. Hope, despite your extreme humility, you mention it and tell everybody when the tribute reruns. Despite all the praise, my favorite quote was coordinating producer Matt Kelleher. after you spoke to him for the first time, saying to executive producer Eric Rideholm, quote, be going to have some significant talent management issues. (laughs) (laughs) Is that in there? That's great. I'm looking forward to 20 more years so I can celebrate my 100th birthday watching PTR. Uh, 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 Something about the trailer from Shad, a haiku. Without all of those trailer location updates, life seems incomplete. This thing's a... Bomb. It's bomb. Get it out of hideous. here. It's hideous. It's a bomb, and there are pictures of it already. Um...
2: How did it get around Chevy Chase Circle? From
1: Carl Shea in cow. Silver Spring, Maryland. It avoided Westmoreland. <laughs> I spotted this exquisitely modified camping trailer. Pictures attached for those viewing on News Channel 8. I particularly admired the rear window <laughs> replaced with a sheet of drywall. Well, I'm not currently in the market for recreational vehicles, I now know where to go when the need arises. It's on my block. It's terrible. It's on my block. And in this particular one, this is not my block. This is somebody else's block, I think. Although I'm not sure. So Maybe the- it is is my Popping up everywhere From Rick Fawcett in Youngstown, Ohio I wrote in the other day asking for a ruling On my unintentionally kind gesture Allowing a Subaru driver out of a parking lot And an evaluation of his wave Michael asked for wave clarification Please tell Michael that the wave was somewhere, somewhere between Thanks for helping me get my kayak off the roof rack And did you hear my 12 year old won the humanitarian <laughs> award At his middle school I'll hang up and listen for a ruling That's very funny that's very funny. From John McGivney, this weekend passed while navigating the entrance to the Long Island Expressway. From afar, the auto ahead of me had a vanity plo- plate promoting everybody's favorite cartoon mystery, Scooby Doo. But as I got closer, I realized it read Scooby Doo. And I was, in fact, following and had been played by some smarmy Subaru owner. It's just awful. Scooby Doo. I don't like that. I'm having trouble. Hold on a second. I know he can't
2: separate the emails. Yep, that's the first sign, isn't it? From
1: Andy in Fort Mill, South Carolina. Are the Lions the worst? As a Lions fan, I can unequivocally say, of course, by a large margin. Since the Lions had their one and only playoff win in the Super Bowl era in 1992, 24 of the 32 teams in the NFL have made it to the Super Bowl. That's at least two playoff wins in one season versus zero playoff wins in 30 years. Can you have the guy that sings the funny sports songs, write a song for (laughs) Lions fan? That must be Dan Byrne. Dan Byrne, yeah. He can call it the Honolulu Blues. By the way, did you know Marvin Gaye was a huge Lions fan and wanted to try out for the team? Keep up the terrible work. The show stinks. One more about this. You were talking the other day. This is from Jordan in Annapolis. You were talking the other day with Wilbon about the futility of the Detroit Lions. Just to put this in perspective for you. I'm 40 years old, and the Lions have won just one playoff game in my lifetime. They also won only one playoff game in my sainted grandfather's lifetime. It was the same playoff game, <laughs> and he died in 1996. That's unbelievable. Wow, if you're out on your bike tonight, everyone, as always, do wear white. I hate bananas. I hate pumpkins. I hate squirrels. I hate watermelon. <laughs> it's a lot of hatred. <laughs> it's just a lot of hatred. <laughs>
4: On a moonless night It could be yesterday or 75 A Scorpio sign flashed across the sky Was it October or the 4th of July Oh, to be and not to be, that is her question
7: the mountain step into the edge i can see seven states standing in one place and it's been a while since i felt the peace that only comes from coming home i can see the downtown light and the river winding through The little red church in the valley Where I first learned the truth And I'm flooded with the memories the thought that I'd forgotten long ago Football games on Friday night Driving back roads in the moonlight Yeah, we thought that we were grown We were just fine getting by With what we didn't know June nights on the river Drinking warm beers that we snuck in Watching my heroes On a stage Swearing to myself That would be me One day On the banks of the Tennessee In the shadow Of the pine trees It's where I learn Who I am home to me I never thought that I could leave But this plan ain't always up to me Though the road of life may change The roots we plant don't fade I can always find my way Chattanooga I've walked the New York City streets I've seen the giant redwood trees I've stared out from the beaches of Mexico I've stood in awe of the Vegas lights in a blue Montana sky There's only one in my soul, the only place that I call home, oh, Chattanooga, on the banks of the Tennessee, in the shadow of the pine tree. don't fade i can always find my way to chattanooga to chattanooga oh to chattanooga